Welcome to the Father Jim Willig Gospel Teachings Podcast, presented by Heart to Heart, a Catholic media ministry. Father Jim was a well-known and much-loved diocesan priest from Cincinnati, Ohio. Inspired by God's Word, for many years, Father Jim presented a weekly Bible study on the Sunday Gospels. In 2001, Father Jim went home to the Lord after a battle with cancer, but his recordings and teachings live on to inspire thousands. First, we hear from Father Jim's good friend, Jesuit priest, Father Michael Sparrow, who opens this podcast by proclaiming the gospel reading. Then, Father Jim's illuminating gospel teaching follows. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside, begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me! Son of David, have pity on me! Son of David, have pity on me! Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith, your faith has saved you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. Some of you have heard me tell this story about the man who walked in his kitchen, saw his wife on her hands and knees, searching furiously for her lost contact lens. And in order to help her, he looked over, saw something glitter in the corner, and picked up the lost lens and handed it to her. She said, wait a minute, how could I be so blind not to see this when I was here searching frantically, furiously for 20 minutes? He said, honey, this is simple. You were looking for a piece of plastic. I was looking for $300. We might ask the same question, how could we be so blind not to see all that is offered to us. I would like to ask a favor of you for just 
30 seconds. Would you be willing to close your eyes now just for 30 seconds? And imagine now what it would be like to be blind for the rest of your life. Imagine if you had to walk out of here and you obviously couldn't drive and you had to go on with your life. You couldn't read. You couldn't see your family or friends. Surely your whole life would drastically change. What would it be like to be blind? You can open your eyes. Frightful thought, isn't it? Terrifying for most of us. But our closing our eyes, and even more, our opening our eyes, is what this gospel is all about. We so easily take for granted the gift of sight, don't we? It isn't until we see how others go without it. Yesterday, I was so impressed. I saw two blind people walking hand in hand, arm in arm, and the other hand, they, they both carried the white stick red tip cane, helping each other. It was literally the blind guiding the blind. And I thought, what would that be like to be blind? And yet the truth of the matter is, in a certain sense, in a spiritual way of speaking, we are blind, aren't we, to what God wants us to totally see? This is what Jesus is offering the man in the gospel and all his disciples today. What we have here is a miracle for us. I'm excited to share it. Remember the man who was blind. There's several things we would want to take note about him. If you will, several things we want to zoom up for a close look. The first is the fact, obviously, that he's blind. From what I studied and learned this week, blindness was rather common in ancient Middle East. Most cases were due to what was called trachoma, a contagious infection of the inner mucus lining of the eyelids and cornea. So blindness was common. Imagine what it would be like to be so blind, because the next word we heard in this gospel is he was a blind beggar. That almost necessarily followed. If you were blind, you were almost relegated to living a life of a beggar. Because you couldn't have normal work, you relied almost totally on the charity of other people. And not only that, if you were blind and then you became a beggar, you also probably ended up where this guy ended up. Remember where he was sitting on the side of the road, which is to say, figuratively speaking, that he was on the margin of society. He was not part of the mainstream of activity. He couldn't be. He was overlooked. That's how this man would have felt so much of his life, overlooked by so many people. He certainly was not seen as a very important person. You understand already the deeper meaning of this man, who is any one of us at any time when we feel overlooked, when we feel pushed aside, when we feel like people aren't regarding us, respecting us for who we like 
to be in their eyes. Perhaps most amazing at all, something we wouldn't necessarily see in this reading, is the fact that we know this blind beggar's name. His name is Bartimaeus. Did you know this is the only time in the entire Gospel of St. Mark where a man who receives a healing is actually named personally? And why is that? It stands out for a reason. By the way, Bartimaeus is an Aramaic name, and so Mark even translates it for us. Remember, in parentheses, it has son of Timaeus, because bar means son, bar Timaeus. So why is it Mark wants us to remember his name? Does not he recognize, as he wants all of us to recognize, this man is very important. This man is never to be overlooked. We see here what we all need to have in a vision of what God has called us to be. And so Bartimaeus stands out for us. As the drama develops, you recall that on hearing that Jesus was passing by, Bartimaeus cries out three things. I want you to remember these three things. Remember the first word out of his mouth. Say it with me. Jesus. That is the most powerful prayer. Do you know what Jesus means? God saves us. Yeshua in Aramaic. Yeshua means God saves us. Just like the Joshua who led the Israelites into the promised land in this very city of Jericho where this is happening. Jesus leads us to our promised land, our promised place, wherever that is that God's leading us. Jesus is on this man's lips. And interestingly, too, no one else in Mark's gospel up to this point refers to Jesus by his first name. This man presumes a certain intimacy, if you will, by calling on Jesus' first name basis to suggest he wants to have this personal relationship with the Lord. Next, we see Bartimaeus saying, Jesus, son of David. Again, this is a very loaded theological title. Son of David in Mark's gospel always means Jesus is the Messiah. You might remember in the Old Testament times, from beginning with Nathan the prophet on down, God promised a Messiah through the house of David, that is, the descendants of King David. And so this man, Bartimaeus, was the first man to see Jesus as the Messiah. Isn't that saying something? We have to begin to ask, now who's really blind here? Because not even his disciples have gotten it this far. You understand? There's a great irony here that it's the blind man who's the first one to see Jesus as he truly is. And remember, he leads us because we're trying to see who Jesus really is. And once we see Jesus for who he truly is, I believe our life changes forever. as truly will happen with this man. So the first thing he says is Jesus, the most powerful prayer, most powerful name we could ever say. Secondly, son of David, putting his faith in Jesus as Messiah. And thirdly, he cries out this beautiful prayer. Can you say it with me? Have 
pity on me. I like to use the word mercy instead of pity. It's a better translation. Have mercy on me. Not only does Bartimaeus see who Jesus is, but what his real gift is. He prays to Jesus, calls out to Jesus. This prayer is what I believe, and someone has once said, prayer is our strength, and it's the Lord's weakness. Because once he hears his name called with real faith and asks from a place of humility for his mercy, Jesus just cannot resist it. You understand? This is the faith we are called to have today. This man models so much for us. I would want us to remember his prayer and make it our prayer. It is the very traditional prayer that sometimes is called the Jesus prayer. You've heard of the prayer, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy. And again, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. If only we pray that through the day, what we would see would happen. This man prays it again and again, even though people try to tell him, you remember, shut up. They try to keep him quiet. It reminds me of some of those voices that play in my mind. Shut up, Jim. I can't believe you'd say those voices of discouragement. There's so many voices that play in us, huh? That discourage us. Here is a man who does not allow discouragement to overcome him. What a great example for us. Because the more they shout their resistance, the more he pursues in persistence, shouting even louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. And then Jesus does the most amazing thing. Remember, he calls him over. Well, now this is interesting, don't you think? I mean, the poor guy is blind. Why couldn't Jesus walk a few feet over to him? What is wrong with this picture? Or we might ask, what is Mark trying to communicate to us? Why does Jesus call him over to him instead of vice versa? You might recognize a familiar theme here already of the call of many people. Jesus calls us and expects us then to respond. He doesn't allow, even with this man, for his disability, allow him to become totally dependent. He calls him to a certain assertive, proactive way of taking the steps he needs to take, just as the Lord expects us to take certain steps. You know how we pray, God, can't you do this? Can't you help us? Can't you bless us? And God says, yes, but do this. You know, you've heard the story of a man who kept praying to win the lottery. God, help me win the lottery. Help me win the lottery. God said, okay, okay, but first buy a ticket. As soon as Jesus calls this man over, just like you can imagine him calling us always to come closer to him, always. Christians can never mark time. We can never march in place. All right? We become stagnant there. The Lord's always calling us forward. Always. That's why in all the talks I give, I try to help us name some of the specific steps we need to take to keep going forward in our faith. And as soon as he hears his call, Notice how the crowd changes their tune. Or as I like to say, public opinion quickly shifts. Goes to show, don't listen too much to public opinion. Because it just goes with the wind, you know. And the man 
and then comes forward. Now, there's two things. Again, this is this gospel, like so many, is rich in symbol. And we're told that Bartimaeus does two things. Remember what the first thing he does? He throws off his cloak. He leaves his old self behind. His outer garment had been a part of him all these years, especially now for a beggar. He would have owned little else than that cloak that would have been, mind you, his security blanket. It was coat by day, blanket by night, okay? It's hardly the only thing he owned and could claim his own, and he just didn't fold it up and set it aside like, I'll be back in a moment. He threw it aside. Who were you thinking of? The disciples, when they're called to put aside their nets and come follow him, huh? Or any one of us that has to put certain things aside, even like you did to come here today. You put some things aside in order to follow the Lord. But in the Bible, you understand clothing is almost always an outer sign of the inner person. And so when Bartimaeus, or Bart as I like to affectionately call him, when Bart just threw it aside, it was like he was throwing off his old self, his old way of life. His former, if you will, whatever stood in the way of him coming to Jesus, that's what the Lord's asking us to throw aside right here, right now. What is that cloak that encumbers us, that keeps us from being free to follow Jesus? That's what we have to put aside. Not only that, but then when he puts it aside, the next thing he does is he jumps up. I love that. Picture the guy who just went to the Toyota, you know he jumps up and comes to Jesus. Talk about a leap of faith. He steps out in faith, though he truly is walking on blind faith. He does not see what's before him. Does this start sound familiar? He does not know what Jesus is going to say, what Jesus is really like, what he's really going to do, what he's going to ask of him. Aren't we all called to this blind faith walk? Aren't we all called to just trust in Jesus. As people say, we do not know what the future holds. We only know who holds the future. That's what this faith is. So Bartimaeus jumps up, comes to Jesus, makes his way. Mind you, like any of us, it isn't a straight line trying to manage his way as we do, all of us, try to find our way to the Lord. And then Jesus asks the most interesting question. Don't you find it fascinating that Jesus would look at this poor blind man and ask, what do you want me to do for you? Hello. This Lord does not take a rocket scientist to figure out what this guy wants. What am I missing here? And obviously, you could almost guess, why is Jesus asking him to ask this for himself? Why? Except that why does Jesus ask us to ask him for what we need? When he already knows what we need, he sees us and knows us better than we could ever know ourselves. But Jesus insists, ask, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened to you. And so he has this man take responsibility for himself, take the initiative, know and name his needs as we need to keep doing with the Lord in our prayer. And then he says, in the most beautiful prayer request, first word out of his mouth, I want to keep reminding us what we read, 
Rabboni. There's so much in that word, Rabboni. It means literally master. Suggestion is my master, my teacher. You see, this man has already found where his vision comes from. He already knows who his guide is. He's already put his hand in the hand of the man who will lead him and guide him. That's the whole key here. He calls him Rabboni. Be my master. Be my teacher. Oh, when we pray that, then our life really begins on a new level, on a new path. For the Lord, as the proverb goes, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the disciple is ready, the master will be there. And then the blind man says further, I want to see. So simple, so humble, such beautiful prayer. I want to see. Would that be our prayer? I want to see. I want to see what I've been missing all these years. I ran into a man not too long ago who just got his first prescription glasses, and he said, my God, I didn't know how much I wasn't seeing. A whole new world opened to him, he said. And how much do we miss of what the Lord's doing, offering in our life? I want to see. Jesus said in reply, be on your way. What is this way? Your faith has healed you. Now, again, isn't that a curious way of saying it? Jesus healed him, I would argue. Jesus, what are you talking about? You healed him. What are you saying? Bartimaeus' faith healed him. What's the meaning there? Except that it's faith that gives us the vision. It is faith that helps to see. In another way of speaking, Jesus is saying, believing is seeing, counter to what most of society says, seeing is believing. Jesus is offering us a greater inner vision of faith. If we become people of faith like Bartimaeus, and we see who Jesus is in our life, and we come to him, our life will change immediately, powerfully, wonderfully, as with Bartimaeus, for we're told he immediately received his sight. And what? What's the last line? It's really the punchline. It's he started to follow Jesus up the road.
for listening to Father Jim's gospel teaching. We hope you have been inspired and will subscribe to this weekly podcast and share it with your family and friends. The mission of Heart to Heart is to proclaim the good news of God's Son, Jesus, to the entire world. For more inspirational teachings by Father Jim and Father Michael, visit our website, www.htoh.us. May God bless your heart and the hearts of all your loved ones.